Welcome to podcast episode two in the abyss metal podcast um, with me your host Joey Traganza again um, thank you for those who listened first time round um, I hope that this will be a better stab because let's be honest the first one was a bit shit but like I said before we don't know what we're doing um, as ever you can get in touch with us uh, by email in the abyss UK at gmail.com on Instagram at merch in the abyss or at Joey Traganza on Facebook, In The Abyss UK, Twitter, In The Abyss UK, all alongside our own web store, intheabyss.co.uk, for metal merch, alternative lifestyle, and many, many other things. Um, tonight, we'll be discussing this week's metal news, the usual kind of thing, uh, and we'll also be talking heavy metal elitism and what it means. Um, us as metal fans, we all know what we can be like. I'm considerably more metal than you. You're considerably more metal than me. We've all been there. We've all experienced it. So let's discuss it and see what comes up. Um, I'm joined tonight by Padre, as was last time, but also a new uh, contributor to the podcast is my good friend, Anthony Daniel, um, who will bring a little bit of, shall we say, control to proceedings, especially when it comes to keeping the Padre quiet. So uh, without further ado, let's get on with it. Good evening, both. How are you? Fine, thank you. Yeah, all good. Anthony, welcome to the uh, In The Abyss. Thank you. Nice to see, see you, Steve and Anthony. What do you call me? Uh, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stick for the I will point out the fact that, you know, once you're on The Abyss and you stare into it, at some point, The Abyss will stare back into you. Well, Steve's face so, The Abyss, so yeah. Stop, uh, stop calling me that. Stop calling me that. Call me by my proper name. Padre. Padre. And Joey, Joey Chigenza. And Joey. Um, anyway, that's enough of that. Right, so first and foremost, uh, you know, we'll go over the week in metal. There's been a, you know, a few, it's been a slow news week, let's be let's be honest, but um, there's a couple of things that have happened. Uh, metal Lords, the Netflix movie, has dropped today. I haven't watched it yet. There's a trailer knocking about on YouTube. Um you know, for us metal fans, stuff like that, it's like we flock to it like flies around shit, to be fair. So it looks entertaining. It might be terrible, but if it's better than Lords of Chaos, it'll be a start. That um, film was a disgrace. <laughs> I watched it and I wanted to cry. I mean, the acting was terrible. And again, I, I, I raised this last week. I want to get into this concept at some point of who gives these people permission to do this? What gives them the right? That's what I'm saying. I'm, right. I'm sure we'll get back to that at some point because it is elitist. Yeah, we, we, we can come back. We can come back to that. Um, yeah. And it's still got the worst thing a Culkin has done. What was the worst thing? Probably probably Home Alone. Oh, come on. <laughs> you can't you say go. that. There you go. Contro- controversy already. You can't, you can't say that. Um... Geezer Butler has completed the first draft of his book, uh, his autobiography. Um, I reckon that'll be a pretty good read when it actually makes the shelves. I'm sure there's going to be some some mad stories. We've all know, we've all heard of, you know, when they're recording Volume Four and the massive pile of coke on a table in the middle of the studio and stuff like that. But what did they do with the the, uh, the tins afterwards? The tins. <laughs> I'm sure they uh, they did the responsible thing and recycled them. Okay. Good stuff. Because, you know, what else are you going to do in 1971? Of course. There's a new Megadeth single coming this week. There's a 15-second teaser trailer knocking about on YouTube. 
doesn't really tell you much, but have you both listened to it? Yes. Yeah. What do you reckon? I thought that if you reduced the production quality, it wouldn't be out of place on Killing Is My Business. But like you said, it's a 15-second clip, so you can't really base an entire picture on it. But it sounded interesting. Yeah, beefy. Um, that's a start, so... Yeah, I remember the first time, I'm going back to the system has failed, the first time I heard like clips of that, it sounded like it was going to be classic Megadeth, but it really wasn't. So, yeah. Um, creator have released a new single this week as well, Strongest of the Strong. It's it's pretty traditional creator, but what I don't understand about this band is how they just keep managing to churn out so much good material. It never changes, but it's always so strong. You know, it's... It's Teutonic Thrash at its absolute best. I think Testament are like that to some extent because I thought Practice, not Practice What You Preach, More Than Meets the Eye was a good album. Um, and the song, the title track as well was pretty solid. I mean, uh, it does raise the question that if you kind of stay on your track, are you consistently going to produce things that might not be earth-shattering, but everyone's going to be like, yep, yeah, solid, great definitely go and see that live when it tours you know so yeah i think you're right i think creator are one of those bands they just they just do what they do and they don't fuck with it it's the same as accept isn't it (laughs) once you're that good good at something in that vein honestly are they still going to be fair accepts recent material like going back to like um the the album stalingrad and the one before that Really they had good. an album called Stalingrad. They did have an album called Stalingrad. No, you, you really, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not accepting that. You no. really need to come into the, well, you need to come into the 20th century. I think this, this is acceptable talking about. This is not exactly. Stalingrad was 1942, Steve. Let it go. <laughs> like they're, they're literally still unearthing bodies from the battlefield. Homework for you, go and listen to Accept Stalingrad album and, and, and report back to me next week. I don't accept homework, I give it. <laughs> Padre, Padre Mark's Sabaton albums. <laughs> I don't think... No, seriously, I'll, if, I'll go and listen to it. Yeah. yeah, go and listen to it. Actually, that's, that's not a bad point. Sabaton, you probably haven't listened to Sabaton, but it's every single song is about war. It's probably right up your street. I mean, for me, it sounds like a, a Scandinavian Eurovision entry, every single song, but they, they are pretty good at what they do, to be fair. Um, and Death to All have announced a European tour. So this is the, the, the kind of resurgence of death, obviously, without Chuck, but it's the closest that most of us are ever going to get to see death in any kind of... You know, in any kind of guys. Padre, you're a big Death fan. What do you reckon? Well, I think they've got. They're a seminal band. They, their contribute, their contribution to the, to the scene, not just to death metal, but to the the scene itself, is uh, can't be overlooked. So yeah, I, I would relish the chance to see them if they ever came down to my neck of the woods. Um, it's, I mean, it's sad that you can't see them with Chuck Schuldinger, but. You know, it's not like he left the band because he had a tantrum. The guy died of cancer. I mean, it's like fair play. If they're trying to do something that keeps what he did alive, fair play to them. And you know, if more if it if it exposes more people to them, great stuff. Yeah, that's a fair point. And you a death fan? 
Uh, bits and bobs uh, take take my fancy, uh, but I'm not quite as um, au fait with their stuff as uh, as you guys, I'm afraid. Well, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan, but I mean, my my for me, death's best stuff was was slightly later. Everyone goes on about leprosy and screen bloody gore, but but human for me is is probably their best work. It's 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 like another step forward. It takes death metal to another level. Yeah, I, I think I think the guitar, the guitar playing, some of the riffs that they came up with, um, the fact that you know you, there's a, a guitar that is synonymous with the band, the the BC Rich Ironbird. I mean, little things like that create like an aura that you can kind of buy into. So, they're, they're, I mean, and it's. And for everything that I've ever read about Chuck Schuldinger, he sounded like a stand-up guy. Yeah, you know, and I think when he passed away, they because before he passed away, they were doing like benefit gigs and everything. So I think when he passed away, a lot of the comments that I read were really heartfelt and kind of covered the entire kind of community of heavy metal. So you know, it's, it's sad that he left us, but if the band can, um, you know, keep keep his body of work alive then great yeah I, i'm all for it i you know if i got the opportunity i would go and see there's so many great songs that if i've got the opportunity to see those live i'm all for it so you know we'll um we'll see what happens but the, the dates are up online if anybody wants to to catch them there's uh there's going to be plenty of opportunity across europe so uh that's it really that's that's all that's happened this week in metal there's not been a a huge amount um it's, it's been a a slow week so that brings us on to what we're going to talk about this week. And um, it's, it's, it's all about us as fans, um, as metal fans, rock fans, whatever you want to call it. Um, and firstly, how we're perceived by those who are not metal fans, how we think we're perceived and that hierarchy within metal and that elitism and that whole concept of, well, I'm more metal than you. It's, it's an odd psychology that I think we've all experienced at some point. Um, and we've probably all given someone a dig because they like Limp Bizkit or they like Papa Rose, <clears throat> Padre. And, um, but does it, does it really matter? I mean, and yes, what, what, yes, no, you, 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 you stay quiet for a minute. It will come back to you. Um, <laughs> And what do you think? Because you're you're the voice of reason here. You're the one that's got a more um, open-minded range of music taste, shall we say? Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to come back to that. I'm not going to no. Okay, go 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 on. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the one that listens to 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 crap basically. <laughs> it's <a> <laughs> <metal> <laughs> <still>. <laughs> um, I mean, like I, like I say, I think when you two were. You know, listening to to metal in the eighties and early nineties, I was still listening to the charts for Christ's sake. So you know, I'm I'm a I'm a latecomer in comparisons. But you know, I'm actually seen as very very metal um, by not metalheads that I know, my friends and colleagues and old colleagues and whatnot. They they see me as someone who you know is down the down the front of the bloody pit um, every gig. And I'm as far from that as possible. I, I I love the metal, but I, you know, I've I've never been full on into it to that extent. So it's 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 it's, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what they would say if they were to meet someone like Padre, um, who who is far more, you know, buried in that stuff than than I am. Um, 
yeah, I suppose I can still talk about it on an equal footing with you guys. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I suppose I consider myself relatively metal, metal enough to to, to enjoy it, but um, I'm metal alone, which is a controversial saying, but it's uh, I've just about managed it. I think I said a while ago, man does not live. By- well, I, th- I think if you if you live by the sword, <laughs> you will die by the sword. It's like. <laughs> I mean, this, again, this idea that, for example, you have to go into the mosh pit. Um, I mean, there's, break break this down. It, it, there's, there's, there's different types of snobbery, isn't there? I mean, there's there can be uh, intellectual, academic, um, musical, uh, and then in within those areas, you've got people who are like kind of gatekeeping. Like you, you can't come into our scene because you haven't met whatever criteria that we want to apply to you. That's 100% what this do, is. If you do meet the criteria, they will then shift the goalposts. So, yes. and, and again, going in, like, for example, going back to what you said about the pit, is, there's a there's a kind of um, machismo to that, isn't there? To some extent. I mean, you kind of go into a pit, you can get roughed up. We've all We've all had, like, blood noses and dinks and stuff in the pit and you're like yeah and it's like you know it's like a masculine thing um kind of like almost validates your masculinity maybe yeah there there is something in that but you could you could argue that um that age i mean we're we're all in our 40s and you know there was days that we were all in the pit and padre me and yourself big day out in 99 for instance that was like our first sort of proper big metal thing. I know you'd gone to Ozfest before, but all of us together, we'd gone to Big Day Out. And do you remember we were, we, we heard um, Sepultura kick in with Territory opening up on the stage and it was like, fuck, that's, te- that's Sepultura. We, we got to go. I lost my we, shoe. We got to go and get they in the pit. To get it back. I remember, I remember you're like, dude, that's your shoe. <laughs> you know, we, we've got to go and get in that pit. It's Sepultura. It's, it's you know, uh, but, that's that's kind of for the kids now. We're we're old now. We stand at the back with our arms folded, going, "Go on then, impress me." Is, the, back, is, is that elitism? A couple of months before I actually met you for the first time, but I was I was at the same gig, big day out, Milton Keynes, '99, and yeah, Sepultura was probably I I done mosh pits to an extent, but you know it was a bit tame. But that Sepultura one was proper for me. It was was it. Um, and I remember basically getting saved by the same Brazilian chap from going under on two separate occasions, about 50 feet from each other um, during the uh, set. But that's, um, that's what being in the that's what being in the pits has always been about, isn't it? There's always someone that will pick you up. And I haven't been in a pit for a long time. I, I hope it's the same thing now. But yeah, back then, if you went down, someone picked you up. Do you remember that guy at Big Day Out? That was um, got his knee dislocated in the in the in the mosh pit. He was the Marilyn Manson fan. Yeah, yeah the old um, spike thing around his he, neck. He was wearing the, the spike wristbands and like flaying his arms about like. And you're like, dude, you're gonna take someone's eye out. And I think he almost did. And one of the guys, I think, had a go at him. And then he went to kick someone, and they caught his leg. And I think they either swept his leg out from underneath him, pushed him over, but he, he went down in an awkward way, and he really injured his knee and it's it's not nice but at the same time you're like why were you doing that why did you think that 
was acceptable to do in the first place. And I, I remember telling my wife about this. And my wife is not into metal, but she does like punk and ska punk and skate punk. And she was like, why would you do that in a mosh pit? She was, everyone knows you don't wear that kind of clothing in a mosh pit. It's dangerous. And that's the whole point. Like, you're not in there to hurt someone deliberately. Um, so, but, but again, is, like, is that in itself a level of elitism that someone like that can go into a pit and think, you know, I, I'm I'm different to everybody else because I'm wearing spikes around my neck and spikes around my wrists and and who cares if I injure someone because that's fucking heavy metal. Is, is that what we're I wouldn't, looking I wouldn't, at? I wouldn't say, no, I mean, it's, it's how, how do you define elitism? And, you know, there's a difference between elitism and just basically negligence. Um, yeah. I mean, elitism is not necessarily looking to um, injure someone. It's more kind of to denigrate them or to make them feel less, make, make sure they feel less valued about themselves they see less worth in themselves compared to you. It's a value judgment. You're, you're comparing yourself to someone, some kind of elusive criteria that you know they can't meet. So it's like, okay, you like Metallica. Great. I saw them in 1983 on the Kill Em I'm a bigger fan than you. And there's no way you can ever meet that criteria. But what you should be doing is saying, Dude, you like them too. Great. Oh, I saw them. You'd love this. I saw them on 83. When did you see them? Cool. I didn't catch them on that tour. What were they like? Yeah. And you swap stories. Not screw you. I mean, I there, there were people that you know that I've met before. And you, you guys were lucky enough to see that Metallica set. The secret gig at Download. The download, yeah. No, I wasn't there because I was doing my university exams. I couldn't go. I don't begrudge you guys going, but there were some people in that circle of people that you guys know from Cornwall that saw that, that were, they were just spent Reading 2003, just rubbing people's faces in it. And you're like, okay, at some point you're like, stop. It's because it's, it, you're a broken record and it doesn't make you a bigger fan. It doesn't make you better. And, and I'm, I might sound like I'm whiter than white. We've all done it. We've all done it at some point because you're elitist because you're trying to make yourself feel better than the person or the group that you're talking to talking about that that's that's a fair point so and as the as the, the I'm, I'm going to keep calling you the voice of reason because that's what you are um as the as the, the the person on this podcast who is into other music and is happy to listen to to pop and and, and whatever else have you ever been on the receiving end of someone saying well you're clearly not metal enough because you're a metal gig wearing a Depeche Mode t-shirt or, or something like that. Never. That's the thing. Never had it. Um, it it's, I suppose, because I'm there and I'm getting involved um, and I'm showing the passion and I'm, you know, down the front or up the back or doing whatever, banging my head. Um, I can certainly talk, talk the game with everyone. I know what I'm talking about with the bands I like. Um, you know, and, and if you do if you do get into a conversation about things that are not metal, it's 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 not a surprise because you're allowed to like other things. Of course you are. Um, but personally, no, I've never I've never come across that. I've never been um, been been around people who you know have questioned me. Um, I've had people 
you know, as I said, non non metal people who who were surprised I was into metal because I didn't dress like a standard metalhead or what they see as a standard metalhead, um, which is which has been true for many many years. Um, but within metal circles, no, no one has ever um, given me grief for not looking metal enough or not knowing what I'm talking about. But I suppose that's that is mainly because I, you know, I approach it with the same level of passion as they do, but also because I think, uh, by and large, metalheads aren't actually that elitist. They're far more open-minded than, you know, maybe um, others give them credit for. Yeah, and I'll agree with that. I think, you know, we've all been to, to metal festivals and things and, and that sort of sense of camaraderie that we're all in this together and those on the outside don't understand it. Um, you go back to, I think I've said this before, to Rob Zombie's point that heavy metal is the, the biggest thing that, no one has ever heard of and that kind of makes sense that we us are inside it we all know what it is but those on the outside just don't understand it i've 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 been lucky enough doing the job that i do to have lived in five different countries and for me metal has been the quickest way to make friends yeah either with other people doing my job from different countries or people inside you know that country so for example i used to go to a bar called old record in uh, samyon in busan in south korea and this i i would love if this bar existed in the uk it's one of the best bars i've ever been to you walk up the stairs and you're like well, they've got all these like old old covers of like uh, Kerrang and Raw magazine and uh, Terrorizer. And you're like, and then you walk in, and it's it's not a big bar. Uh, and what they've got behind the bar is they have an entire wall of vinyl, and they they have a massive pad of post-it notes, and you literally write down what you want, and they go and find it. And if they can't find it, they get it on YouTube or Spotify or whatever. I mean, this is back in 2009, so it probably wasn't Spotify there. And then when they find out you like metal, and then there's other guys in there, Koreans, who can't speak English, and my Korean at that point was 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 basically, please, thank you, and um, can I have... A beer, please. A beer, please, yeah, pretty much. And they're like, oh, Megadeth, because you've got the T-shirt on. And you're like, yeah, Megadeth. And then they give you the, the you know, the salute. And then you're like... Uh, which Megadeth song like do you like? And all they hear is song, and they're like, "Ah, oh, wake up, dead!" And you're like, "Let's put it on." And then you just fucking headbanging with a guy that you've never met before, that you don't speak their language, in a bar, on the other side of the world. But there's that connection, and there's no snobbery to it. So, for me, it's like you've got that side of it, and I agree with what Anthony said. But there is, there is, there is an elitist strain, I think very mild strain in metal where you you've got gatekeeping where it's like in order to come into this this group you have to prove to me me that you have these qualities or something or qualities of the group and those people are just i don't know what their agenda is i don't know like how how do you how how do you go around saying to someone they, they can't be part of your club because they don't do a certain way i mean from what i understand from what i remember I don't think the three of us have ever had long hair. Uh, I, I I did, but it wasn't 
It wasn't what you would call proper long hair. Um, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. sort of full on, like, you know. But he heavy metal is not a haircut, it's a state of mind. Yeah, and thank you for <laughs> quoting me. Yeah. I, I had shoulder length about 12 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, thereabouts. I think, you know, early 30, because I thought it's about time. And then I realised, no, this doesn't suit me at all because I'll start to look like a skinny Bill Bailey with receding it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, seriously, if you want to talk about receding, look at that. Ooh. It's gone, routed, like Napoleon from Moscow. Just gone. It's like the parting of the Dead Sea, man. All right, so I'm going to ask you both a couple of questions. I'm going to I'm going to direct this sort of sort of between you, Padre. This one this one's at you. You have said name three songs after seeing someone in a band T-shirt. Have you have you ever have you ever said that to someone? Said what? That's <laughs> <laughs> what his band is okay now. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever said name three songs after seeing someone wearing a band T-shirt? Um, maybe not three, just one, because I've got higher standards. <laughs> For me, I, I have made that comment several times, but I've based it on the the context of the, the context with the ways with which I'm in. So, for example, if I'm at the the student union bar in Cardiff and I see a girl wearing an Iron Maiden T-shirt, you can tell by the way they move that they're not a Maiden fan. You know, you can tell by the the you know like. Yeah, of course that sounds Sweep, sweeping statement number two. Sweeping statement number statement. two. Fashion statement. This is this is this is my point. This is not gatekeeping. This is not elitism. This is misappropriation of a subculture because some dickhead celebrity you like was wearing an Iron Maiden or a Metallica T-shirt. Okay. When when we did it, people would take the piss out of us. Have you ever been called a Marilyn Manson wrist-slitting freak? Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, you, you have. have. Too. I don't know about Anthony. This is the thing. It's like I I don't mind doing it. And like when I when I when I've lived abroad and I've had my metal t-shirts on and I've had my hoodie and my bandana and all, all the rest of the stuff and I can go and I can go into a bar and be made to feel welcome by people because I like the same music as them. There's a safety, and there's a there's a there's a warmth. There's, a, there's an ability to relate to people based on the music you like. And it's tribalism. I think the whole point of elitism is it's not letting people into your tribe based on erroneous criteria. But if someone's wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt in a bar because they think the devil looks good on it because it's a number of the beast t-shirt, fuck off. I'm sorry. We, we used to get the piss taken out of us for doing that, but you can come in because you're blonde and you've got big tits. Fuck off. I'm sorry. I'm not having it. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, how about this? And and this probably more more relates to um to Ant than it does, because because you do listen to chart music. But this this whole thing of you're reluctant to listen to, much less enjoy anything that's in the charts. And what do you think? Because you do listen to chart music. You have a more varied taste in music. To be honest, I I, I haven't listened to anything in the charts um, since after nineteen ninety eight. I mean, I couldn't even tell you what's sort of in there these days. And as much as I listen to a lot of new music, none of it gets in the charts because it's just, it's just not marketable. But um, I, I'm open to it. I, I even said to sort of a colleague the other day, is I need to start listening to 
you know, what the charts do, the daytime radio, because there's, there's so much stuff out there I'd probably like if I actually gave it a chance, because I, you know, I do. I mean, uh, there's, you get the odd thing like, I don't know, Uptown Punk, which is just a brilliant, brilliant song, but that's what, probably about 10 years old by this point. Well, I'm going to drop, um, I'm going to drop this in then when you talk about Uptown Funk. Now Padre's got his headset back on. Um, Uptown Funk is possibly the best pop song in the last 20 odd years. Okay, so I just want to clarify something. Last week, I get shouted down for mentioning Grex. But you think... <laughs> you think <laughs> no, no, no not, not Anthony. You, Trigenza. You <laughs> think it's okay for you to talk about Bruno fucking Mars. Okay? Right, no. Like, this is what I'm talking about. This is double standard. Like, in a, and we're on episode two. We've only been listening to you 15 times, and already... The parameters are being set. The parameters of pure, unadulterated hypocrisy. <laughs> you, you say what you like. It's a fact. It is a fact. Mr. Metal Elitist. It's subjective. You, you, your taste... I, okay, I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. The first time I heard it, I was like... That's funky. That's, uh, that's funky. But then I went and I was working at a summer school... And it's all I heard 50 times a day. And I'm just like... Yeah, it was everywhere. Just, that, 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 and that's that's always the case with these these pop songs. You hear something and you think, oh, that's that, that's funky. But when you hear it, like you said, when you've you've heard it several thousand times, yeah. It, no one no one as white as you should say that word funky. in that way. Funky. No. Funky. No, just, just, just stop. No. Funky. Living in your lily white world. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Hip Hop. You're not from the streets like me. <laughs> the streets of glamorous Calabria. Um, there's, right. some, there's some really there's some really dodgy stuff at the end of my, my beer glass. I don't know what this is. I don't know if I can drink this. Drink it. This is really ropey. It's really, no, I'm elite as the camp. Only, oh. only, only a metal poser wouldn't drink that, so just drink it. God, just... Oh. It looks like Dave Lee Roth's piss. Sediment is the best part. Uh, okay. If if it, it, I if I offered you Dave Lee Roth's piss, you would drink it. Oh, it's beyond it's beyond it's it's beyond uh, sediment. I mean, uh, it's, it's more more like paste. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, just okay. So, but, but then again, like, yeah, go on. No, no, but seriously, like going back to this, like you know, elitism thing. It's like you've got. I'm sure there were, there were there were people that were really critical of Van Halen when they first came out because it was like considered to be pop that that like maybe that the stage show was was too overblown or that maybe just the fact that it was American because there's always there's always been in Europe there's always that kind of snootery that snooty persona or anything that is American is somehow below anything that's European I'm not saying that necessarily exists in metal but if we're going to talk about elitism. The problem, <laughs> the problem, the problem with Van Halen, the problem with Van Halen, not that there's a problem with Van Halen, but the problem with Van Halen in those early days is that they were a stadium rock band before they became a stadium rock band. Yeah, fair enough. You get what I mean? Like, like, like Dave Lee Roth's ego preceded any success that they had. But it, it was it was a special ego, though, wasn't it? Though. I mean, it's it, it was it was it was pure, it was unadulterated. Like you could bottle that stuff and probably sell it. It's like some kind of like you know like the, you know the scene from uh, 
uh, Anchorman. He's like, what are you going to use tonight? London gentleman? Black bits tonight? No. This lady gets the special stuff. Sex, Sex Panther. 60% <laughs> of the time, it works every time. And it's like, if you could bottle Dave Lee Bot's essence, you could probably sell it as an aftershave. Yeah, but so, yeah, one what... of the most tragic things I think I've seen in recent months was, uh, was a clip of Lee Roth in a hotel somewhere. Um, and of course, he, you know, he looks like your granddad now. He's he's got no hair. He's he dressed in suits. He's, he's <laughs> you know, if if you if you, um, I'm, I'm 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 sorry if if this is going to digress, but if you were to name an aftershave after a Van Halen song, <laughs> what would you name it? Hot for teacher every time. <laughs> Eruption. Oh, nice. You know what? The, the the possibilities are truly endless with Van Halen. They really are. So you know, but you know what? If we didn't, I'm if we did this um, this thing about him because there was a, he was in a hotel, and they they were videoing him for some some other reason, and they could hear a room, a party in a room, and Jump was playing, and they were like, let's let's go and knock on the door and say hello. Hello, I'm David Lee Roth, and they did that. Not to the door, and it was a bunch of young people, and they had no bloody idea who he was. That's just that, that says just it all. Either, it's like that. It's like the episode of The Simpsons where um, our um, the stupid kid is going out with Lisa Lisa Simpson, and Bart, Bart, Bart says, "You can see where his heart breaks at this point." Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, like that. yeah. And it's uh, it's it's oh, it's horrible to look at. Padre, yeah. can you can you Padre, can you imagine being in a travel lodge room in a grubby little travel lodge room with cum stains all over the walls? And you're sitting there listening to, to Jump or Hot for Teacher on a shitty little stereo and Dave Lee Roth knocks on your hotel room door. I'd say, I'd say to Dave, I'd say, Dave, please come in. And by the way, on your way in, did you notice my, my crate of Jack Daniels, my sack of cocaine, my bag of grass? And by the way, the 25 naked ladies on the bed. <laughs> and he would say, yes, Padre, I did. And that's why I'm here, because you're a man of exquisite taste. I don't I think say, you would are. You like to par- what would you like to partake in first? The ladies, the drugs, or the drink? And we'd be like, well, maybe all three at the same time. You've definitely not reported all those people. I mean, 25 in one room, that's, that's definitely flouting. Oh, that's, 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 a, yeah. that's a health and safety got risk. People. No, no, no. Anthony, please. Got people. Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you through. No, not... Silence. Go on, then. Take, take us through. I'm going to take you through a few um, key rules of being a metal elitist. Yeah, so some will, um, some may ring true, others, others maybe not. And Before you start, can I, can I just clarify one thing? Go on. I'm not going to use his name, but you know who I'm talking about. He who we do not name. Which one? One. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 an inside joke that no one else is ever going to understand. Yeah, I'm clueless. Or want or want to know. But I think we could use that as a ref. But I don't want to name him. But at some point, I think in this episode we can talk about that. I think we've told you about this before, Anthony. But you know what? It was it was many many a year ago. Right, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you 120 seconds to to get your point across before because it's relevant. It's relevant. But go on. Go on, tell tell the whole world of our twenty listeners what you're talking I mean, about. My name's Padre. I'm the holy man. 
I usually absolve people of their sins, but I feel I have to confess mine. Um, I met someone once at college, and he was like, do you like Metallica? And I was like, I said, yes. He said, what's your favourite song? And I said, one. And his response was, which one? And I was like, no, one. And he's like, yeah, which one? I said, no, one, off Justice For All. And he's like, oh, I thought the Black Album was their first album. And I was like, what? I said, have you never heard Master of Puppets? He's like, what's that? I'm like, okay. And the first time I played it to him, didn't like it. So I will leave it at that. <laughs> and yes, that is elitist. Yeah, I'm gonna, that is I'm exactly what I'm talking about. That is gatekeeping. That I'm going like... to give a big shout out to my mate Rob. Um, this is this is a chap who I... Actually, I've known him since I was 10 years old, but I became mates with him when I was 16. Um, when I got into Iron Maiden, a deeply unfashionable time in the mid-90s, and he was already a huge Metallica fan. Um, and he he introduced me to Metallica via basically Ride the Lightning and Mark for Puppets first. So, you know, I, I, I entered straight into the, the proper levels there. So, uh, nice one, Rob. See, that's, that's like going in and, and, and listening to Morbid Angel before you listen to Linkin Park, isn't it, Padre? No, no, right. Okay. <laughs> Is this going to be a running theme? Because I'm telling you, I feel like this, this doesn't happen. It's Linkin Park and, and Limp Bizkit are not gateway bands. They are as far as most people get. You do not start listening to Limp Bizkit and then within a year, you're like, I, I need to go down to the docks and buy some Morbid Angel. I need to do a few lines. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not a gateway. Okay, you, the, the 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 culmination of listening to Limp Biscuit is not necessarily Carcass or Morbid Angel or Cannibal Corpse. It's no, just just look. If if this is what's going to happen, then I I think we need to rethink my involvement in this podcast because I'm going to have to draw the line somewhere. It's a gateway drug, like it or not. Rules of being a metal elitist. I'm going to run a few past you because, Padre, they're, they're so relevant to you. Rule number one, nobody is more metal than you. Not even Tony Iommi or George Corpsegrinder Fisher. When have I ever said that? It's not what you say, it's what you think. When have I ever thought, Oswald, so you've got some kind of like direct line into my mind? I wouldn't want that. No. No, um, yes, I, yeah, we, we all know people like that. We, we've talked about them before. Oh, I was at this gig, you weren't, I'm more hardcore than you. I remember meeting some guy, uh, two or three guys from Australia at Cam, at the Cam, not Camden, what's it, Notting Hill in 2006, the first, uh, 2005. And they were like, oh, you know, I was wearing a Metallica t-shirt and they were like, oh, you know, you like Metallica, so do we, we're massive fans. Great sat down had a beer and then they start like quizzing me about stuff like well, who was um uh their first ever guitar players guitar player and then i was like oh um uh jeff lloyd um played on the uh, on their first ever demo you know like, oh, oh shit you know that i'm like yeah i mean i don't think it's relevant but yeah uh and then they were like okay um what the, what's the name of james hetfield's dog or something and i was oh, like for fuck's sake and they're like, oh, what, what? I thought you said you were a massive fan. Now, that sounds like someone hazing you. Seriously, they were, because then I actually had a conversation with them about what does that matter? And they, they were like, no, we, we, we have to establish the fact that we are more 
bigger we are bigger fans than you and then and then you're just like why would i even enter into this conversation this is not it's not enjoyable it's not it's not the only combination is it's like what you've got is you end up with a conversation that is a zero-sum game for, 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 for you for them to win you have to lose it's 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 sophistry it's an argument that they have to win it's a dick swinging competition it is it's a pissing contest yeah and it's like and i've known people who have seen bands that i really like really like right back in the day and they've never been like that they're just like i like the fact that you like the same stuff as me let's have a beer and talk about it you know and it's the same thing what i think is you've got a niche within metal where it's even worse and it's to do with anything that involves anyone that's ever loved metal and gone i want to learn to play an instrument and it's what do you mean you can't play the solo from this song or what do you mean you've only got a squire copy i've got an esp like kirk hammett limited edition and you're like dude i come from a working class family i can't afford to spend 500 quid on a, on a mess of boogie amp you know yeah that's that's a that's a fair point i think there's 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 definitely an element of um definitely an element of that um and i think i sorry i think as well sorry to interrupt no, go on. but again it's like you have those people in metal that also play instruments maybe they play in bands and they think they've got an insight that you don't have like they know why that solo is good they know why that, that song is good um, but they also know why your favorite song is shit because they know how it's played and they know how it was composed and they can play it all the way through and you're just like if it, metal would be boring if everyone was a musician yeah and that brings us back to what we were talking about in the first episode those bands that are you know bands that are loved by other musicians purely because they're technically proficient or they're a prog metal band that we're not allowed to talk about on this particular podcast because I vetoed it last week. And only elitists limit speech. Oh, that's, or tyrants. That's elitists or tyrants. Well, then, yeah. then I'll consider myself a tyrant. The question of this band. Dream thing. No, that's no, no. Don't say those Ima two imagine, words. Imagine a location where <laughs> performances are made. And those performances would happen while you, while you were in REM sleep. Having a fucking nightmare. <laughs> that the lasts about three and a half hours. You know, if you've got this, there's a, the, the, new, there's the new Dream Theatre Fitbit. It tells, you, it tells you when you start dreaming about Dream Theatre. <laughs> we, 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 we don't need that. We don't need that. It's... um. Yeah, like I said, they're, they're banned from they're, they're banned from this podcast. So no more talk, please. Yeah, you get you get a you know if we've any sense. I mean, yeah. Apple Watch would. Uh, would I set don't know. Up. I don't know if um, people listening know this, but our guest today, Anthony, is actually a very talented artist. You're into comics, aren't you? Is yep. the same? Is does the same thing exist in that realm? Of the the kind of elitism, like, you could you could fill out a podcast series with that that question. To be fair, um, yes, basically. Again, most 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 fans, no, absolutely not. 
they they just want to read good you know they 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 love their comics they want to talk comics it's all good if they're not into it whatever if they are brilliant kind of thing but you do have quite a vocal um undercurrent of very um very opinionated fans who who are gatekeepers um they don't think women should read comics they don't think black people should write comics for example that can exist seriously in really a, in, a, in a subculture seriously yeah, i'm afraid so i could uh yeah um i don't really want to talk about them because i don't really want to give them their sort of the dues in that way um you know they're, they're not well regarded at all within within the community but they've caused a lot of trouble they caused a lot of trouble in the last few years within the industry. That's really sad. Nasty. Yeah, it's it's metal is nothing like like the metal elitists. Yeah, they're 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 idiots, but they're they're just about harmless. But yeah, in comics you have a very nasty nasty group of people. Mind you though, mind you though, I think one of the, one of the things that we've never honestly, I think if we were gonna be be honest with ourselves, one of the things that we've never really experienced. Uh, me especially so we we all like metallica but we were there in the bay area in 82 83 81 where the scene where like in in was it was it paul bailoff's words you know there's a, there's a, there's a guy with a motley crew t-shirt on and a blonde streak in his hair let's go kill him so like have we ever been in a in a kind of very um early days of a scene where we've where we feel we've had to be kind of like gatekeepers and uh, judge and executioners where we've said no he's a poser he can't be like us no absolutely not i don't no. think we have so we've never had that so maybe some of that propensity for elitism comes from people you know maybe people that were there right at the 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 kind of in the inset of of a of a of a of a genre or a scene maybe they have the right to be a little bit we don't like where it's gone maybe yeah, I, do you think? I, I, no, I, I think you. Um, I, I think you've got a point. There's, you know, like you said, we were never there at the start of a scene, and 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 metal is like it, and hardcore is like it, punk has got it. It's all there. There's always going to be those people that were there at the start, and yeah, they may have experienced things that that we we never did. Um, New York hardcore, for instance, you know, that was a real. In the early 80s, that was a real kind of family atmosphere. They all they all looked after each other. They all lived within the same few blocks of New York. But on the outside, they all looked like scumbags. Yet they weren't. And it's... It's, Sorry, this, this thumbs up. I'm just, I just, I just literally looked on Reddit and there's a, there's a, there's a subreddit about, um, what is a metal elitist and one of the first comments because it's a response to someone else is what the fuck is wrong with pantera <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> that, that just sums it up like i'm sorry you say what you want that band are phenomenal if you're ragging on pantera why do you even listen to metal yeah that's a fair point it, it, it's like rolling stone never gave led zeppelin a good review because they just seem to have it in for that band. And I think that's another thing. Elitists seem to have like it in for like one or two bands. Like me, I don't like Limp Bizkit. I won't entertain the idea that they were any good. But 
Okay, Biscuit so are not Pantera. Limp Biscuit wish they were Pantera. Okay, how about how about this then? So you, you're talking about about giving reviews to, to to metal bands and to albums and stuff like that. Um, this is another one of the rules of metal release, and, and just just sort of hear me out. If you'll give him an album a good review, make sure you and only five other people have heard said album. If you're giving an album a bad review, make sure it's an album from one of the fifty most popular metal bands of all time. Either way, no album rev- no album review you write should be any shorter than twenty paragraphs in length. Right. Okay. I teach writing. That's bullshit. Twenty fucking paragraphs. That's that's at least on average a paragraph might be about a hundred words. So a two thousand word review. Seriously, it's it's masturbation. It's like you're jizzing all over the page. Oh, the words. Yeah. Oh, look at look. Look, look, I, I know a word that's in the thesaurus. Fuck off, you know? Um, so, like, rev- like, you know, you review a Metallica album, it's going to be like a fucking Herman Melville novel. It's, it doesn't need to be. But it, it, it always will be. be. It always will be because it's Metallica. It's the same with Maiden. It's the same, same with probably Slayer, Megadeth, with, I don't yeah, know, Scorpions. What, what, what a lot of people will say, though, what, what a lot of people... I mean, if you're blogging, that's one thing. If you're writing on a forum, that's another. If you're, like, working for a website... I mean, like, you know, not you're not a paid writer. If you're a paid writer, you're usually being paid per word, like three cents a word, 5p a word. Of course you're going to write 2,500 words. You're going to get paid more. You know, it's a, they're not writing. I mean, I think it was um, Winston Churchill said, it's very easy to write a long book. It's very difficult to write a short speech. Okay. Oh, how 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 many words are there in the Gettysburg Address? How many words are there in Churchill's um uh uh Battle of Britain speech? You know, there's not that many. What does he say? Everything. Gets to the point. Okay? You don't need this many stuff. And it's like and again it's the elitism in terms of writing. It's academic elitism. Look at me, I can write a 3,000 word treatise on why Master of Puppets is the best album ever or why Master of Puppets is underrated or etc etc and it's just like do you know what no one cares you know because if you can't say it in a couple of hundred then what do you think what makes you think I'm going to really be interested in what you say in 3,000 okay so so what about this and this is this is definitely something that that we've, we've probably all a band's first three albums are their best no questions asked anything afterwards is shit any band's fourth album is where they began to go downhill. The fifth album is a flaming piece of turd. And anything released afterwards is just recycling old material or continue, continuing the sellout spiral. Um, that relates to Metallica. Yeah, 100%. and, and I, 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 will, I will honestly you know, hold up my hands and say that I was, I, I was guilty of that. And I think, looking back, I was... I think I wanted to be accepted by the old school fans and I felt I felt like I'd missed out on something not being there like discovering that band when I was you know 16 or like if I had been 16 in like 1986 so you you kind of like so it's like I think to some extent certain people can be elitist because they're looking at they're looking for external validation from a group within a group. So, you know, it's like, I love this band 
and you're like, yeah, I do too. What's up with the new stuff? The old stuff's much better. Oh, you know, it's great to see like new fans thinking that way because it validates. It's like you're validating me because I want you to think that I'm a I'm a proper fan, and you, I'm validating your opinion because you're saying, oh, it's great to see that new fans agree with me because I've been saying this for years. So I must know what I'm talking about. It's it, at the end of the day, it's all about ego stroking isn't it and validating people's opinions and wanting to be accepted and elitism i think is a way to get that because an elite is an exclusive club and if you get into it you're in your mind you're like okay i'm there now i can look down on everyone and just piss over their ideas you know but it's an age Uh, thing as well you said like you got into it at around about the age well you're talking about if i was 16 in 1986 but you were 16 when you got into the music and, and that's kind of like a common age to get into yeah. this kind of yeah. stuff. So if it, you either, you're either 16 in 96 or 2004 or, or whatever, but that you would never have been listening to Master of Puppets when you were five years old. Elitists never get other people into the music because they feel it takes away from them. Any, any music, the music that I listen to now, I've been gotten, gotten into when other people say, dude, you got to check this out. This is great. I think you'll like it. Let me make you a mixtape. Uh, it's the same. Like, I, I really like classical music and opera, right? And one of the things that puts off people is this idea that because it's in a foreign language or it's it's eight, uh, 20 minutes long or you need to have a university degree to appreciate it, and it's sad because you don't. And I, I used to take people to the opera in when I lived in Korea, and I would they would do these really cool things where it was like a one hour set, and it was just like the greatest hits of opera. And I, I would I would take people and go, no, listen, you're gonna love it because you're gonna be surprised at how many different tunes that you recognise and how many tunes you've heard before, and you know you're gonna be just like, oh, this is cool. And they all said, you know, yeah, great. They went and they afterwards they're like. That was that's that's the song from the Volvo car advert. <laughs> but and then and then like what is that? And you're like, oh, it's um, it's so and so, it's it's Puccini, it's Verdi. And then like, oh, you know, I might go away and try and find that on YouTube because I could listen to that in the background. And like, you don't need to speak Italian or German or French to under to, to appreciate the music. You don't need to know that X, Y, or Z is a broken arpeggio to appreciate the music. You know, and anyone that think that makes you feel that you do is not has their own issues. You know. Yeah, that, that's that's a fair point. I mean, I go back to the age thing. I think we were all probably roughly the same age. And how old were you when you when you sort of got into into metal? Sixteen. Yeah, there you go. Then, so we're all sort of like around. I mean, I had an older brother who who introduced me to it when I was kind of like eight, nine years old, but. I would never consider myself to have been a, a metal fan until I was, yeah, 14, 15, 16 years old. So it's whatever era we grow up in, it is what it is, isn't it? We we grew up, I mean, at 16 years old, 14, 15, 16 years old, we're growing up in, in an era where Load and Reload are being released. And look, the reception that those albums got, yet again, we come yeah. back to Metallica, but it's, it's, it's that point. 
You know, we weren't there to it's, see. It's, it's, it's difficult to get away from that band, though. To, to I mean, come on. I mean, well, they po the they polarise so many opinions. That's that's the thing, and that's that's the Lars Ulrich way. He wouldn't have it any other way. They they he's always going to want to polarise opinion. And you look at them now; they're they're still playing to a hundred thousand people. So why should he give a fuck? Elitism could often be confused with enthusiasm. I think you know if you look at a band like Metallica. Black that Album is a very good point. Yeah. Black Black Album did attract a lot of new fans. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it was you know there were people who discovered Metallica through the Black Album. And you're gonna have this existing fan base who have been there through thick and thin and you know, they they've supported them through those first you know, those first four albums, through through the you know, those early days and the tragedies. And it's you know, it can be a bit disconcerting seeing this huge influx of people come in through a very a very accessible um an album but you know what 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 you want to do is these people say look there's a lot of great old stuff it might it might not be your thing but don't ignore this stuff if you like if you like metallica if you like what you hear you know you've got four other absolutely fantastic albums that have already been made it you know it might be up your alleyway, way it might not be but you know i'm always going to rave about this because I want you you to hear it as well. I want you, you you know you to be part of a club, um, and I think that enthusiasm can be can, can be a bit too um, too enthusiastic um, and possibly misconstrued. What would be what would be the name of the club though? The Metal Militia, the Four Horsemen, <laughs> Damaging. Like... So what what and and what you're trying to say, and, and Padre, you'll clearly relate to this, is that the Black Elm is a gateway drug, right? <laughs> you and I have fall out if this if you continue with this line of foolishness because there's no other word to describe it it's, it's at this point it's foolish I mean I, I uh, just no just just stop okay I mean I, I, I'm, I'm probably being elitist now but I'm not, I'm not having it just, just stop is not an argument you you, you, you got to back it up to be, to be fair, I think one of the worst worst cases of elitism I ever seen was from a Biffy Clyro fan. And I know that oh, for God's sake! <laughs> just metal, but this is absolutely relevant. There's there was a friend of a friend, um, and he was a huge Biffy fan during those first three albums. And I, you know, I I missed out on them, but I think you know I've listened to them since. They're they're all right. But I I first got into Buffy uh, Buffy Biffy through Puzzle, which was the uh, the accessible fourth album. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, I liked it, and I thought, okay, I might, might dig into that back back catalogue. You know, that that was my gateway drug. Um, but did, what what did you think of their back catalogue though? Because for me, I, I I don't I don't enjoy I, that early stuff from Biffy Clyro yeah, so much. I prefer the plus stuff. Um, you know, I suppose that was just a good combination um, of of what I liked and, and that heaviness. I think uh, I don't know what the third album was called, but. Um, I think I preferred that over the other two. The was, that, two. was that Vertigo of Bliss? Was that the third album? No, that was the second. Was I, it? I don't know. I can't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. When they became, yeah. when they became more accessible, um, you know, they, they had that kind of blend of a bit of drama. There was, there was a bit of sort of chunk to the guitars and stuff like that. And it was, you know, it, it was good. Whether we like they, it or not, it was, it was decent. Yeah. Well, they kept, they kept that acerbic, post-hardcore edge yeah just actually applied it to actual you know songs that were 
like I say, accessible. Um, and it worked. It absolutely worked. And it, and it made the charts. Yeah. Um, and they, as far as, I, as far as I could tell, even as a newcomer, they were still there. They were still, they were evolving and they were still doing what they were good at. And they, but, but they, this chap, he, he was, he was aghast, absolutely aghast. I think, you know, he, he supported them through thick and thin from the very start. So he'd been to so many gigs in the, you know, in the pits of uh, Scotland. Um, and he, he, he was quite honest about the fact that he was absolutely disgusted with Puzzle and that they were selling out. See, uh, this, this that is he, that... You know, he, he's never forgiven them for them. It's that fine line between... I, I don't want to use the term. I hate the term. Selling out is it's bullshit. It, it, it's it's about absolutely nonsense. But where, they, where people think bands sell out and that fine line between that and evolving as a band and becoming more accessible or i mean biffy claro now headline festivals and and they've got this huge stage show and and stuff like that so what's wrong with that can i just no can i just he's back who gave them permission to headline anything right okay it's the worst name for a band ever biffy claro it sounds like fucking bin bags. <laughs> like you go to a shop. If you got any, uh, I need some twenty-five litre Biffy Clyros, please, because we're fucking biffa. <laughs> you know, like just, just, just accept the fact that it's it. It just isn't one for you. I, you know, I, I'm I'm with Ant on this. I think you know the more accessible the Biffy became, the better they became, and that. But that's that's common in metal. It really is that. As bands become more accessible, they're obviously going to be going to gain a bigger become, fan base. You only become more accessible once you've got to the point where you need Bob Rock to produce your album. Fuck Bob Rock. <laughs> His name's Rock, for God's sake. How bad can he be? Said, With a name like Rock, how bad could he be? Fuck it's Bob even, Rock. It's not even just about new fans. I think Puzzle and um, oh, the follow-up, whatever it was called. I think they probably they were going to appeal far more to older fans of rock, classic rock, than the first three albums. They probably brought in a lot of lot of old farts who never would have given them a time of day. Yeah, absolutely. Too, too out there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, they were, yeah. yeah, they were getting old fans, you know, who were older, who who been who'd been there, you know, when we were smaller than an amoeba. But maybe maybe we should stop talking about Biffy Claro because Padres Padres, you know, he's get, he's going red. Yeah, he's getting a little bit antsy. So, as the, the metal elitist that he is, it's not metal I'm, enough. Look, look, I, I, what I've, I found a, 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 a definition. Okay, so I would I would regard myself as being a non-asshole elitist, <laughs> right? I so don't know about that. Basically, I just I just want things to be like they were back in the day. Okay. You want everything to be pre nineteen ninety one. It's not that I'm gonna say you can't listen to something. I'm gonna deprive you of that opportunity. I, I just I just want a simpler life. Okay? I want I want Metallica to headline the whiskey. Okay, I wanna be front row Guns N' Roses at CBGB's. You know, I'm just like, you know, I I harken back to a, a simpler time, you know, where no there was no internet. <laughs> <You know>, just... <laughs> a nuclear war yeah 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 but you know you know nuclear war they, gives they, us thrash 
Like it or not, nuclear war nuclear, gave us thrash. Nuclear war gave us thrash, yeah, yeah. No, but, um, yeah, I, I, I found a, uh, I think it was Urban Dictionary. Yeah, so a person who thinks that very highly about his own particular taste in heavy metal and pretty much counts the rest of it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guilty of that to some extent. Some extent. Um, yeah, but I don't. I don't think my 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 taste is better than other people. No, no, no. You you can happily suggest stuff to me, and I'm just I'm just I like I've said before. I'm I'm, a, I'm an oil tanker. It takes me about ten years to turn around, <laughs> but I will turn. You know, I mean, it it takes a long time. But you know, again, like I said, living abroad has deprived me to some extent of. Um, and I and I get lazy. This is the thing. I'm a, I'm a lazy I'm, I'm a lazy music fan. And I was thinking about this earlier. Do you think it's actually people that find bands that become popular, but way way before they're popular, that they find them because maybe they 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 kind of randomly come across like an album, and maybe they like the album cover, so they just buy it, or they find it on a for, buried deep in a forum somewhere, or they happen to see the band play as like the support of the supporter act and they they get into that band do you think that makes them worse fans from an elitist point of view because they 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 can say the way i find out about that band is purer because you found out about that band in kerrang but i was there when they weren't in kerrang i think we all have a certain element of satisfaction to discovering a band before anybody else does so let me take let me take um a, a british sort of hardcore band called malevolence they're gonna explode this year and but they've been around doing their thing for best part of 10 years now and kind of a uk hardcore thing but they've evolved into this whole thing that they release their own music they do all their own merch it's all very diy they've got to deal with nuclear blast records do I have that kind of, yeah, I was there in the early days. I hadn't seen them live, to be fair, because they don't actually play live that often. But they're now going to explode. And I, I've been a fan for years. So all those people that are getting into Malevolence, they're getting into them because they're now seeing them all over the internet, all over YouTube, Instagram, and, and they're in Kerrang! magazine, all this kind of stuff. But do I get that sense of, Elitism, yeah, a little bit. Why not? We've probably all been there. Are you going to have a conversation with Malevolence fans where you denigrate their preference for that band because you found out about them? Absolutely not, because and you're not an elitist. No, because they're they're one of those bands. That, you know, it's a bit. It sounds a bit corny, but a band of the people kind of thing. They'll. They'll they'll happily go and play in a car park to a hundred people as much as they'll. I, I, they'll I mean, I think and... for me, it's like I don't know what the, you guys think, but I mean, and we kind of touched on this last week. But you're at uni, you're at university in 1999, and people are like, "Oh, I love metal. I love Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park, Spine Shank, Static X." Etc. Etc. And you're like, okay, um, yeah. Uh, firstly, I think those bands are shit. I know those bands have are you, shit. Have you heard these bands? And they're like, oh, you know, 
I'm not interested in that kind of stuff. And you just like, and you, you kind of get frustrated because you're like, I, I probably like 75% of metal, but you're kind of confining yourself to a fad. And, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to go around calling yourself a metal fan, could you at least try and be, who's being more close-minded, me or them? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, 100% I'm with you on that, that if someone says they like a band and you suggest, well, you might like this, this and this, and they're like, well, no, I won't be into that. That's more narrow-minded than, than any of us. Because, yeah, you're right. If, if you like Spine Shank, fuck knows why. Yeah, but if you're going to refer to yourself as a metal fan, and that is a very, very broad statement, because there are so... And that's another thing sub-genreism oh like this, yeah yeah that's that's like, that's that's an episode in itself like i i, I i've always been I, I just completely turned off by it like you are cl- literally clutching at straws because like you're, you're you're inventing genres to try and put your your material or your band's material or your the the, the scene that you're in in some way better than what came before. Oh, it's not death. No, death. Death is so passe. This is proto grindcore death. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, do you know what it is? Do you know what it reminds me of? Fucking Sainsbury's. Oh, here we go. This isn't death. This is rustic, handcrafted <laughs> in the fucking foothills. Of the Apple of of the Italian Alps by monks, proto grindcore thrash. Actually, that's Marks and Spencer's, not Sainsbury's. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> and you would know because you fucking shop there all the time. <laughs> I started shopping at Waitrose. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, no. But you, you know what I mean. It's just like you, you're 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 literally creating this. Uh, and like you know, the fact that I don't know about what you're talking about is you know you're trying to say well i i'm somehow i'm out of touch or i don't or i'm I'm not you know i'm not in i'm not with it and it's like again um when you talk about uh elitism and you talk about gatekeeping and what you're talk, what what you can also look at is people's use of um either the inside joke or the inside reference or the kind of the, the vocabulary that only belongs to that group and that maybe someone doesn't know and it's got nothing to do with the fact that they're stupid and it's got nothing to do with the fact that they are illiterate or anything. They just, maybe they're not in that scene, right? Or they're not in that sub-scene and they maybe don't know those words that you're using, but you use it as a, as a kind of a bat to beat them over the head with. Because what do you mean you don't know that, 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 subgenre that i'm talking about well you know i'm obviously better than you because i know this subgenre it's like you know if i gave you um if if i if i if i gave you an academic journal about what i do for a living there would be phrases in there that you would you would not be familiar with and that's nothing to do with the fact that you can't understand it it's just to do with the fact that there is a register there is a set of, of language that you use to talk about what you do, what you like, or what you are into. Okay, it's the same for anyone. I'm sure Anthony or you, Trigenza, have got 
a set of language that you use to talk about your day-to-day job that someone on the outside of that scene is not going to be able to engage with. Very true. But if you are willing to say, yeah, that means this. Cool, thank you for explaining that to me. Or you can be like, what do you mean you don't know what that means? What, are you fucking stupid? Like, I thought you said you were into metal. What do you mean? What 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 do you mean you don't know? When I say Bay Area, you don't know that means San Francisco. Uh, what what what? You you think it means Barry Island in Cardiff? <laughs> like that hotbed of thrash. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Anthony? I mean, again, going back to this idea that you've got um, you know, uh, your you your artists artistry, your comics, uh, your you know, artwork is it, is does the same thing exist? I'm not sure what it does um, in terms of language. Probably more knowledge than anything else. You know, knowledge of of the of what's out there, the the creators, uh, the various stories. So, like uh, for example, like when I when I see when I when, you watch you watch a TV program like The Big Bang Theory, and they're talking about things like the multiverse and. I, I don't even know the terminology. I, I honestly that goes over my head. I don't. I, I like Marvel and DC. Um, I, I I've seen the cartoons and stuff, but I'm not an expert on it, and I don't pretend to be. But like, does that you know if you can't describe those kind of things, those kind of things, are you then like looked down upon? Um, I think for for the most part, absolutely not. Um, I think some of those things that could be seen as cliches actually can can annoy a lot of comic book fans because they're overused tropes at this point um you know in, in some in some areas and th- there's a lot of stuff out there um in, in the comic industry and it's 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 wonderful and it's more more vibrant than ever and and you know these these tropes are probably a very small part of it even though um you know they're sort of perpetuated by the bigger companies at this point in time. Um, those tropes are used in the multimedia to a small amount because those multimedia platforms are, are still relatively new. You know, these films, they've not been doing these films for that long, really, compared to the comics. Um, same as the video games. Um, so these tropes are, they've been using these tropes for, for years um, to the point where I think even a lot of fans are a bit fed up with them. Um, and they might want to read more independent stuff, which focus on stories. Um, and I think, yeah, a lot of fans, they just, they just want to keep it simple and just enjoy it for what it is. And it's, it's very much the same as metal. Um, they, they don't want to get bogged down in, you know, in the nonsense, uh, it's kind of barriers between, between them and other people. Um, but those that might carry that elitism and and whatnot, they yeah, those tropes become uh, weapons, so to speak, to say you know because they know more about the multiverse and and yeah, it's it's you know for people who are you know, a group of friends who are really into that stuff and you know yeah, the Big Bang Theory people or whatever you know they'll 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 always they'll they'll be familiar with the multiverse and 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 whatnot and they can enjoy those tropes within their circle and you're gonna you're gonna have that but you know outside yeah it's um it's it's just it's it's, it's nonsense to a lot of people 
yeah, yeah. Non- nonsense is nonsense is a big word. Like, I think I think we'll 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 kind of we'll kind of summarize on we'll kind of summarize. It's a big word. It's three syllables for God's sake. Shut the fuck up. It's two syllables. <laughs> Yeah, it's two, it's two oh, syllables, Mr. Yeah, English yeah, teacher. Sorry, sorry I've, I've had to do it hard. Fucking oh, sloppy motherfucker. Look, I think, you know, we'll, we'll kind of summarise on this now that the, the metal elitism is is something that, that is there, It's um, but the majority of us as, as metal fans, we know that we can we can go to a gig, we can go to a festival and we're, we're part of a family, we're part of a of a movement that, people on the outside don't understand and you could argue that there's there's an element of I, I think elitism to that but <clears throat> is it is it really elitism or do we just do, do we just fucking love the fucking music that we listen to is that what really matters at the end of the day and if someone else wants to 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 get into it and they want to love it my kids well my daughter is is getting into metal and and she wanted me to make her a playlist and all that kind of stuff, and I've done that. But I've I've made her that that playlist, and it's the most accessible and commercially viable songs that you can think of from I, I all the bands that we love. I don't have a problem with your kids listening to metal. I have a problem with you having kids in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least at least the fact I have had kids, and one of them. Is listening to Matt. That is fucking elitist. That is absolutely <laughs> washed away your entire argument in one in in one sentence. You just pissed over everything you've just said. At least I've had kids. Oh dear God. No, that's not what I'm saying. But but when my daughter wants to listen to metal, she starts with Guns and Roses. She starts with Metallica. She's you know, she starts with all, all the usual bands that we expect people to start to. Is there anything wrong with that? I would have I would have given a black metal songs before I would give it a kill em all songs, for instance. So this this is where we are. You you have to give people the opportunity to to listen to the more accessible stuff before they go listening to fucking early mayhem demos, which are gonna sound like shit anyway. So that's that's where yeah, we are. You yeah. Know. I, I think actually, funny enough, this is this is a point I sort of um, it does come out to comics and actually, you know, getting people into stuff. Um, you can have young younger people or, or anyone actually, it doesn't matter how old they are, and they, you know, they 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 like the Marvel and DC films and TV shows, and they want to give comics a go. Why not? You know, it's it's a medium that's been around for donkey years, and you know, there's there's more of these stories. They know that Marvel and DC have been around for, for decades, though. Um, so where do you start? That's that's the big argument with them. Where do you start for new yeah. fans? Because it, it, yeah, it's, it's very imposing. You know, there, there are a lot of you have different creators on these stories. They they do the you know they do the characters for a couple of years, and then it's a different set of creators. So you you end up having a lot of new number ones these days, which you know is great in some respects and. And, and not for others because it's you know you're just constantly rebooting stuff but you've got to recall you know remember that you know new new readers are put off by issue 726 um compared to an issue one but you know it's nothing stopping them from diving in but there is a solid argument to say that if someone has watched a marvel film and wants to get into comics 
maybe don't actually go into Marvel first of all. Try something independent that's had a number one issue fairly recently that is completely self-contained, that doesn't have multiversal stuff or stories going back decades. You know, if you want to give a medium a go, keep it accessible because 50 years of history is not accessible. Um, yeah. But something that goes a couple of years with two or three volumes, it's fine. And if you don't like that, you've got thousands of other things like that that only go back a couple of years and you'll find something that you like and that's that's how you rope someone in by actually you know sort of keeping it accessible um maybe something that doesn't have too much history because that will appeal to them um to begin. and then you can once they're really they, they're into it they're really into it then you can really start saying right you, you know you can really start expanding what you want and, and diving into the complex stuff yeah, yeah. i mean i i my um my nephews are the last three years especially four years are hardcore into star wars now and uh, just before that they were they they liked iron man and they liked spider-man and i remember sharing my five-year-old nephew do you do you remember anthony the the animated spider-man tv show which one? Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, the one that was in like the, the, the mid 90s. Um, and yeah. it was the, the one that Joe Perry from Aerosmith wrote the theme tune for. Yeah, yeah. Ed Asner with Jonah Jameson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. And I remember watching that with them and they, and they were like, oh, this is, you know, this is, this is quality. Like, you know, we, we know this is, this is fun. It's like, you know, 20 minute long episodes. So I, I took them to a comic book store and I, I, I went in and I spoke to the guy. He said, listen, I've got my nephews with me. They like this stuff. I don't really know what I'm talking about. Could you give him a hand? And like this guy, he took him off. And he was like, right, boys, what's he like? Do you like Spider-Man? Okay, come with me. These are some Spider-Man books. What 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 do you like about Spider-Man? And he's like, oh, he jumps off buildings and stuff. Okay, well, if you like that, try this book. And, you know, it's great. And that's what you want. Because, you know, obviously that guy wants you to come back and buy more stuff from a shop, but at the same time, you know, if he's like, what, what do you mean Spider-Man jumps off a building? Of course he does. Or well, you're an idiot. Like, if you're going to take that attitude, you're, you're not just going to damage your business. You're going to probably turn those kids off because they're going to associate that with, um, you know, elite, you know, uh, that guy being rude to them or, you know, whatever. So, I mean, and again, it's just like, uh, if it's like if you take if you take someone to a metal club or you take someone to a gig that may may not be hardcore into metal and people are like the fuck you doing it what are you wearing a shirt for like why aren't you wearing a band t-shirt you know you're going to just turn people off because they're going to associate um, a negative experience with that you know genre or that that scene so I mean, I mean, the band T-shirt thing—that's an entire different discussion. I mean, like that's that's our that's wanna... that's hours and hours and hours of discussions. That the whole thing of you know, if you're going to see Maiden, do you wear a Maiden shirt? If you're going to see Slayer, do you wear a Slayer shirt? It's there's an element of of elitism to that, but you're hundred percent right. I mean, one thing, one thing you don't do is you do not be friends with King Nothing T-shirt. <laughs> Oh yeah, got him. <laughs> beer out the nose. 
What's fucking wrong with King Nothing? <laughs> Nothing, it's the cunt he's wearing. <laughs> Actually, one, one thing I did do a couple of years ago, just because of, I thought, I'm oh, sorry, there's some good stuff on Load and Reload. I don't, I don't care how controversial there is. So I actually made a made a double album of the, the good stuff. That, yes, that one yes. Album. And I, I thought, yeah, I call, we, we, we can call it the mother load. He never comes near this podcast again. In fact, cut his mic. Cut we, it. We talked about this last week. We we 100% talked about it. That if, you, if you take the best bits of load and the best bits of reload, getting... you can make a decent album. Right, I we think... Just, look, we can agree that this angle was shit. There you go. You know, we we're not we're not talking about Sananga. Oh God, no, like 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 we're not we're, like, we're not getting into that. You know, you know that you know, you know the idea that if you make God bleed, no one will no one will believe in him ever again. That was sent anger. <laughs> like that, it was too much. Like I I I I am a gossipy bitch, right? I like to know what's going on. I don't want anyone to know anything about me, but so like watching a year and a half in the life of the whole thing. Great. You know, interesting. There's some funny bits in there. Yeah. Some cool bits, you know, like Kirk Hammett trying to write the solo, Hetfield writing the riff into Salman, you know, the bit where, um, Tony Iommi, Brian May slash in Hetfield. And I think it's, it's got, it's a pub. Yeah. It looks like the intrepid Fox. It's just a pub. It could. That's okay, not. I it's just. Know. It's just but a pub. What? How cool is in that pub having a, having a, like a you know an afternoon ale and like watch them walk in and be like, do I do I go over that? And that, and I think that's the other thing. When you're elitist and you kind of put these these things up on pedestals, I'm I'm sure that if you went up to to, to slash and Tony Iommi in a pub in London and went, do you know what? I really like your you guys. I really like your bands. Can I buy you a beer? I'm sure they're not going to be like, do you know what? Fuck off. No, they're going to be like, they're probably going to be like, yeah, okay, buy us a beer. Come and have it. Come up, maybe, maybe come and have a beer with us. You know, I don't know, mate. But yeah. I mean, in an ideal world, I mean, no, I think you've right. ever bought someone. Have you ever bought a beer for someone from a famous metal band? No, but I think we'd all we'd, we'd all love that opportunity. I, I, I personally, I, I'd send over a bottle of Chateau Petra seventy four. <laughs> <laughs> on nah, a teacher, on a teacher's wage, no chance. But I think that we'll, 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 we'll kind of round up there. We'll, we'll, we'll summarise. You know, we, we've all, we've all been through a bit of metalism, but at the end of the day, like I said ten minutes ago, it's um, heavy metal is more about a family. It's more about us against them on the outside and 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 those who want to those who want to join then they should be more than welcome and we should never turn people away purely because oh they've listened to this and listened to that but that's not cool enough that guys thank you both for your uh for your input um we'll be doing this again next week and uh anyone who's listening if anybody wants to have their opinions if anybody purely wants to slate Padre, they're more than welcome. Um, 
Bring it on. Hey, come on. Seriously, bring it on. Email us. Email us uh, in the abyss UK at gmail.com. And um, and what? he Sorry. he he will he will take everyone's suggestions on board because he needs to. What you've got to realise is this: if you go into the in sleeve, right, of music for the Jilted Generation, by Prodigy, and there's the there's the bit where the, there's the entire like establishment on one side of the of the rope bridge, and there's the other guy on the other end, and he's cutting the bridge, and he's just giving them the finger. That's me. Always outnumbered, never, never outgunned. outgunned. And on that sweeping statement, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week.